0: Welcome to the Direct Republic Podcast, Episode 5. This episode will be on money. I'll kind of throw the references up front because it might actually help if you're gonna go, you know, take a look at these things before We uh, we get started the fur I'm gonna draw your attention to a couple of videos The first is one and some a lot of these are recent and I I I don't say that, um, you know, the most recent Material is all that's there because there's a whole lot of stuff behind it But the most recent material tends to build forward so if you need a good money understanding you might wanna go back to a lot of Milton Friedman videos and, and how Milton Friedman would really explain how money works to people, and there's plenty of them. Uh, they're from the 70s and the 80s. So it, it's not that this is a new problem, it's that it's a very highly misunderstood problem because most people are just busy as fuck. They're working their ass off for dollars and then someone else has turned the dollar into a treadmill so that you could run on it and you know your life gets pissed away into somebody else's pocket. So you kinda have to understand why there's an issue with money and how this is all going down. The first thing I'm gonna bring you to is a video by George Gammon and Rick Rule. Okay, it's pretty new. George Gammon does a lot of economic and investing and monetary understanding. Rick Rule is a gold guy. So uh, while I I am not pressing gold, regardless of what you think on the issue, uh, Rick Rule is probably the most measured human on the planet uh as far as giving the sound here's the understanding of the playing field and you know he's he's not he's very easy to listen to his voice is very measured and calm and uh, you know, he's an all audiences kind of guy the second thing i will point you towards is another video call by robert kiyosaki and patrick bent bet david not ben david b-e-t hyphen d-a-v-i-d um and Robert Kiyosaki, uh, he, he was a former Marine officer. He's pretty straightforward, um, very direct about how this is you know, a fraudulent monetary system, and he's not screwing around about, in the way he describes it. He doesn't church it up for anybody, and that's really good because it's best that you hear it in the raw. When somebody's trying to get, deliver you bad news in the form of a compliment sandwich, it makes the bad news sound less bad. In this case, you'd probably just mm-hmm. want to inspect mm-hmm. the proper amounts of trauma and deal with it instead of pretending that it's not that bad and mm-hmm. then the gangrene sets in. The third video is uh, on a program called Macro Voices and the episode I'm talking about is with a guy named Julian Brigden, B-R-I-G-D-E-N. He's a British guy. And mostly he has he's a guy who's in this space and he does a lot of financial stuff and he talks to people and he might not tell you who gave you his information, but he has little pieces of information. He, when somebody gives you information, you can't really throw them under the bus when their job relies on them being quiet. So you're better off to have the information and know that this guy kind of works in this place instead of not having the information at all and knowing who, you know, because you want to know who he is. Better off to just take the information and, and apply it instead of looking for the head, uh, someone's head over the issue. And the last guy I'm gonna point you at is a guy named Bix Weir. He does a lot of research as to how the silver and the gold markets have been manipulated. And in an information age, it's easier to find documentation. Well, there's a there seems to be evidence that there are gold deposits in the Grand Canyon and in Chocolate Mountain, California, both of which are on federal land. So I don't think that's an accident that the information was hidden But, you know, 50 years ago, you could put information into, and I quote, the public, but it would only exist in one library in the whole country. And only people who go to that library and into that section and into that book would ever find the shit. So a lot of, uh, I don't give the boomers any any slack, but a lot of what the boomers suffered for was ignorance. And, And we'll get into that in a bit. So in the first video, George gets into showing you gold charts and the price. Um, gold is one of those things that we, we can look at for 200 years because there's records of that thing for a long time. Again, non-information age, finding holistic record keeping 100 years ago is difficult. So you have to find the very few records that we're getting. And one of, you know, one of the tactics the government intentionally uses is disintermediation i'm sorry there's not a government it's there's just a bunch of people and they work for the government and they have convinced themselves that they are helping no matter what no matter how bad the results these people are helping because you're supposed to gauge people on their intent not the results right jesus so george will get in and he will show you a gold chart and he will have a nice little arrow saying and right here is where the federal Reserve start printing and you see the and you see gold going up well if you look at the chart before the fed what you see is gold was going, the price of gold was going down, 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 down. Now the official government uh, statute is that the United States dollar equals 1 an ounce of gold. We do not use dollars, we use Federal Reserve notes. I am not gonna get pedantic over this. It's the dollar TM, trademark. It's named a dollar, but it's a Federal Reserve note. And that has been since we came off the gold standard. So, the first batch of money that got printed was gold certificates. They were US dollars in paper form, and you would take a $20 bill to a bank and you could go get one ounce of gold. Now, everybody kind of knows that has changed, but my point to this is just if you, when you look at how that system changed and how long it took it was a slow bleeding of the population you they let 20 years expire in between each of these renditions so that people would slowly get sucked into the convenience of carrying paper money instead of gold coin and this is where the inflation really started but again you have to kind of look at the situation in total Um, so George will show you this big long gold chart and One of the things that I noticed is, if you look at when the California Gold Rush is and when the Federal Reserve started, what you really see is a whole entire continent of people, you know, the Gold Rush started, but then everybody really said, okay, there's gold. So the speed of information and the speed that people traveled back then, you really have to stretch your charts out imagine it take you know the the proceeds of the gold rush you know some of that money came out of the hills and went directly into the big city and there was more gold in the big city well if there's more gold there's more inflation you can inflate the gold supply by shit tons of gold showing up and if you look at the tar- the chart that george gammon tossed up you will see that gold was on a steady decline in usd uh because the supply was going up everybody and their brother was looking for gold back then and it wasn't just during the gold rush it was a living that people could go and and do well if bix weir is correct and these large gold deposits started showing up it it, it could have tanked the the gold price somewhat i i don't think so but uh, again back then we're not really working on a global market we're working on the US market. So you can flood a, a commodity into one market and because the gold couldn't necessarily escape to England or China or anywhere else really quickly, you'll just see it pile up in one place. Well, rather than continue the, the, the procurement of gold as, as it was so thoroughly done in those years, the Federal Reserve System in and of itself kind of uh, disincentivized that. Because now you could just go get the paper and wherever the paper was the paper was closer to you than the gold was And the paper was easier to procure than the gold was So the concept that okay, there's paper and we use that and it's easier to use and now I don't have to go find gold Somewhat titrated who was looking for gold because now there wasn't as much money in doing it You would still have the gold you would still have all that purchasing power but you had to do a lot of work to get it whereas you could do something that was closer to your house not have to do as much work to do the to do the thing you you would end up with a 20 dollar bill instead of one ounce of gold but you can walk in somewhere and get an ounce of gold and over the course of time this became a problem because people had started to figure out inflation and they started to figure out the game so that's when you start uh what was it the the creature from jackal uh creature from jekyll island was the the forming of the federal reserve but then Bretton woods so when the game Starts getting noticed by everyone, then you change the system. Now we don't do one hundred percent gold backing; we do forty percent gold backing. And immediately, uh, Jesus, I forget when Bretton Woods was, but during this time, you also have the confiscation of gold by FDR. So this is where America stopped being America. And and if anybody doesn't uh, like it, I don't care. uh, FDR was a fascist. FDR was a fascist just as much as Hitler was a fascist. Okay. He was a democrat, he was a socialist, but don't worry, he's not a democratic socialist because as soon as you put democracy on the word socialism, it's not socialism anymore. Lo and behold, it's not democracy anymore either. It's, you know, democratic socialism is an idiot's term for idiots. So, just looking at the slow accumulation of gold by an entire population and how the gold supply was being procured out in the wild, and how a group of people decided that if we were gonna have a sound money standard, they would not be able to control all of the things. So you get the bullshit down in Washington with the Federal Reserve, and that's how you start making the puppets dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get into the George Gammon video you'll and listen to Rick Rule, one of the things that you'll hear is that the government is talking about implementing MMT, Modern Monetary Theory. And that's somewhat bullshit. They're telling you, oh, we're looking into MMT. No, they're performing MMT right now. It's called quantitative easing. And they are performing it. They, they are, they're not telling you it's gonna happen. They're showing you it's gonna happen because they're doing it. And then they're telling you it'll happen sometime down the road because time disintermediation is a tactic. If you pretend that non-violently adjudicating something and waiting to go to court to do it peacefully is what's best, but you know you're gonna lose in court, it's not what's best. It's non-violently waiting for your loss and then dealing with the loss rather than rather than the violence now. So I'll just tell you, MMT is straight up counterfeiting, so will Rick Rule, and here's the real, the, the functioning that everybody needs to understand. If you could go wander out in the hills and procure yourself some gold, and you can, it's hard, but you can, there's a lot of work involved and you're gonna expect money on your return. The, the government is counterfeiting. Well, why can't you? If, if counterfeiting is a social good, why can't everyone do it? And the answer is because everyone can go look for gold, and they're all not going to come back with as much as if everyone had a printing press. So lo and behold, the actual procurement of resources is a hell of a lot harder than printing them, and what these people will do is exactly what they do. They will lie right through their fucking teeth for the remainder of time and the, until the system collapses. There's one thing I go hard against Rick Rule on, and he says the politicians will never give up their power. And I agree with the sentiment, except the Russian politicians gave up their power when that wall came down because they couldn't commit the fuckery anymore. And what I submit to you is that we're looking at right now is the last stages of the system. It doesn't mean that the dollar just suffers a violent collapse. That's a bunch of ignorant bullshit. Right now, the best money to have on the planet, fiat currency anyway, is dollars it's the strongest of all it's the only one getting a positive return for bullshit monetary mechanics but everywhere else is in a negative interest rate and for as bad as this is it's also kind of good america exported their inflation back in the 70s and now lo and behold it's all coming back it's all coming back because the, you can't get yield anywhere else on the planet well also people who are using other fiat currencies that are i mean if you think the dollar's bullshit. Wait till you get into some of the third world currencies. Well, they they'll trade out their currencies for dollars. And and so the Federal Reserve has this choke point where, what we could be we're looking at printing, and the Federal Reserve is printing. They're not even not admitting that they're, they'll tell, they'll tell you they're printing. One of the ways that this can be happening is bullshit currencies are being traded for dollars so that the bullshit currencies can get a return. That's one way you can see this. Another way you could see it is. Deutsche Bank and hedge funds in America are failing. There seems to be reports that there are several hedge funds that are blowing up because they can't get returns anymore. And this is intentional. Uh, The government will, uh, the government, the people running a government will intentionally cause mechanics that will thin the field out. It's easier to control a whole system when you control the banks or the media. So if you notice, all the FCC rules channel all of your data information into the six companies that control all the media, and until the internet came out, we were all getting bullshit because it was controlled by just a few people. Well, when you do the same thing with money, you end up with large corporations controlling vast amounts of the property, stock market, etc. cetera, because they're, the manner in which they operate is what the federal government approve of, and all those little transactions that the government can't get into and tax, they, they find a way to discourage and or wipe them out. And in 2008, what happened? Shit tons of little banks ate it, and they all got bought up by the big banks. Well, there it is. You're trying to centralize through mechanics, and every time this happens, you have to think of it as high ground or a choke point. The government is creating its own high ground with legislation, or it's funneling everyone into a choke point like the hot gates. It only takes 535 people in Congress to guard the hot gates in this case. So um, Rick Rule goes into how the inflation rates versus the taxation, you know, if you weren't experiencing inflation and you were only paying taxes, it might not be so bad. But because they're inflating and paying taxes, you're on the losing end holding currency and that's the goal the goal is to have you to work and you lose little bits of your dollar every year and those little bits of dollars are aggregated up in washington or the new york fed however you want to look at it and then that wealth is redistributed and there's a bunch of dumb fucking people who think this is a good idea even though they're the ones losing their purchasing power Mm -hmm. because they let's face it they don't know what they're doing it's pretty obvious when you talk to a lot of these people they just don't know what they're talking about they can't explain it they just they've been taught to virtue signal about government action and uh you know normal human impulses, action over inaction preference for action over inaction well if the government is doing something and somebody thinks it's good for them they'll probably advocate it in their own ignorance the inflation that we're experiencing everyone is assuming that when the federal Reserve says we federal reserve says we're printing that we're actually that, that what's coming out of those people is true there's also this other assumption that when they're not telling us they're printing that they're also not printing and i would submit to you it's somewhere between 21 trillion and 35 trillion is missing from the pentagon this was goods and services that got paid for from where where was there an accidental 21 trillion on the low end laying around and the answer is i think the government prints They print all the fucking time. They print whenever they need it. They call it a black budget, and they're not required to tell us. And that's just how it functions. So when it gets out of hand, what do you see? The government will create financial mechanics that will push all this inflation into the stock market and the housing market. Well, guess what else it does? It raises food prices. So why haven't we all seen a raise in the food price? Well, the government will come up, these people, they will come up with bullshit, and they'll say, energy and food are volatile. And there's a reason that food gets volatile. You can have droughts, you can have bugs, you can have varying crop yields. It's not a perfect system, because you have to scrape that food out of nature, and you have to be real good at it, and then everything has to fundamentally go right. You know, bad weather will will hurt a crop yield. So... What do you see? The government regulates the food supply for the purposes of manipulation. And if anybody doesn't understand that, you can go read The Grapes, the grapes of Wrath. And uh, what happened, in The Grapes of Wrath, they end up killing all these pigs and burying them for no reason. They just slaughter the pigs because they're keeping the prices high. Of course, someone will blame capitalism. It's dumb. These people were trying to keep the food prices high. They were not allowing those pigs to go to market where they would have lowered the food supply. So when I tell you FDR was a fascist, I mean FDR doesn't give a shit on making food prices lower. They will regulate the death of the food so that they can control all of the things. And that has kind of slipped away, but it hasn't because now the government subsidizes the food. They subsidize farmers. And Trump just did this again. Everyone's like, why is he subsidizing the farmers? The answer is our food inflation should have gone up probably three to 10 times. I I can only get, that's a huge guess, right? That's a huge guess because you can't really tell how much inflation that they're suppressing when the people who would go out of business because they farmed all year and they can't afford to run the farm next year and now they get a subsidy. You don't know how far underwater they were that all you have to do is get those farmers comfortable you got to get them so that they're going to go farm next year because it was worth the, worth the while so you have this very small cost of subsidizing the farmers and it lowers the food price for everybody well it lowers it, it's fake they lower the food price in usd terms and then they manipulate the usd inflation into the stock market and the housing market away from the food prices so when you're trying to control all the people and all the things this is how it works uh, the other pla- the other thing they'll tell you is, energy is volatile, and uh, over, especially throughout history, like okay, energy was Energy isn't a human right; it's a need. You either have to produce it for yourself, or you have to figure it out on your own. And what this does is, uh, there's some wage inflation that makes procuring certain types of energy here, and and we can you know going back, you know, Americans in 1930 and 1940 their labor was worth about as much as any third world anybody who came here that their human labor wasn't de facto garbage but if you think human labor is really good what you need to do is get your ass on a treadmill or an exercise bike and you need to figure out how many kilowatt hours you pump out on that exercise bike in one hour and then you go run a generator an ac generator and you figure out how many kilowatt hours that generator did in an hour and you will see exactly how bad human labor is, because for the cost of a gallon of gas, it's going to take to run that thing for an hour, you're, the amount of kilowatt hours you can put out is nothing, nothing at all. And that's—it's not saying humans are worthless. It's saying when you start trying to measure a human against a machine, best of luck swinging there, Casey. But you're—you're not going to beat the—you're not going to beat the, uh, the steam—the uh, steam hammer. Also, when it comes to oil. Um, there is, I, I, will, I will give this much, that there's an idea that says it's better to buy oil from the Middle East than use the oil under the ground here. And if you're assuming that oil is a finite supply and that one day oil is going to run out, that it's better to use the Arab's oil. And even if we pay f- more for it now, and then later on down the line, we'll use the oil that's under the ground in the North American landmass for ourselves later. Okay, except it's so expensive to hire humans here to get that labor done that the oil prices to produce it here are higher. And, uh, this is, it, it hasn't flipped, but because of the monetary chicanery, um, honestly, I think a lot of the, a lot of what oil and gas are doing right now is they're, they're just kind of living off of the inflation and they're putting, uh, uh, put some infrastructure in place, while it's cheap because eventually the dollar's legs and the dollar's having an issue and a a wise oil and gas guy would have the cheaper dollars uh, create new infrastructure that's gonna last for 20, 30, 40 years and you do that on a failing currency, that way it gets super cheap to pay back and your infrastructure is fundamentally cheaper. Um, So as far as the volatility goes in this stuff, Um, This is not, the reason I mention those two is because when the government is doing inflation statistics, they'll do them without those two. And uh, it's basically bullshit. Like, if you're going to do inflation statistics and you're not going to count the two things that people need the most in the inflation, then either you're a moron or you're an asshole. It, It doesn't really matter. If you're not doing your inflation statistic holistically, then honestly, what you're being fed is just more bullshit for anybody who wants to really understand how bad the monetary mechanics are if you go back 1 billion seconds you end up in 1989 that's not that long ago and it, but a billion's a big number and it'll get you to travel back 30 years if you go to 1 trillion seconds you go to 29000 BC okay so everybody who thinks they understand what a trillion dollars looks like you don't and if you do you better start asking, your, you know, stand around $1 trillion, $1 trillion. If you were a trillion seconds in debt, you would be working in 29,000 B.C. Best of luck with that. You probably don't understand the second, I'm sorry, not the second, the dollar. And the inflation mechanics are really, 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 they're just ripping people's life away one second at a time. Um, when you look at the next video is Robert Kiyosaki and Patrick Ben David, and they go into monetary fraud the whole time and how, basically what I was just telling you, you're going to be on a treadmill for the rest of your life. Uh, the place, and some, one of the places they get their information from is called Shadow Stats. So you can go look up some of this because the government has changed the way they measure inflation. Go figure. When you mess with the standard by which you measure things, it's easier to manipulate the data. And that's, I mean, listen, if anybody was doing this with your paycheck, you would not say, hey, you, what are you doing? You would go into their office, you would place them in flex cuffs, you would drag them face first down the stairs and you would place them somewhere between a a cell or a guillotine if they were doing this to your face. But if you don't know how it works, then you will tacitly allow this thing to just keep happening to you and you'll be the one who sucks. If you think this isn't happening right now and if you want to know how bad the legal system is, right now there are several JP Morgan traders who are have are being prosecuted for racketeering. And the racketeering they were performing was manipulation of at least the silver market and I'm not certain if there was also the gold market, but they were intentionally manipulating what people would understand as the baseline metrics of the those usd to gold and usd to silver price it was at least usd to silver don't quote me on gold just yet but it was at least the silver and there's a reason for that because when someone is trying to hide the inflation and it's going to show up in some other metric you have to manipulate that metric as well this is central planning this is why the russians failed because they could not account for all of those things just be so the government went really you know the US government has a lot of data information to use to continually manipulate these stats and it's not for not for the best of people who are using the dollar it's for the best of the bankers and the people who are spending the government money mostly the people who are receiving the government money by mandate those are the ones who are really winning i also had a recent encounter where people saying the nazis privatized things in germany Uh, let's be very clear there were no nazis in germany and germany was fundamentally privatized if you had a business it was operating in that manner etc then you can use whatever terminology you want but the nazis took over they didn't soft take over hitler was a functioning dictator so anything that was not run by an ss colonel was called privatization and that's really just an abuse of the word because the finance stream for those industries reported to an assist colonel and was the, the income stream was coming completely from the, from the third Reich, you know, from the government and and it's functionally, it's called a military industrial complex. So in America, we have the military industrial complex. You can say that it's private, but what it really is, is it's privatizing the gains and it's, socializing the losses. So any years that the, the complex would run out of money on its own, they get subsidized by the government. That's functionally how the whole system runs because they will claim that they are a strategic uh, requirement and you know it's all bailouts, but the, the complex tends to stay ahead of the need of a bailout. They just keep the contracts flowing. And that's, instead of calling it a bailout, you just keep those contracts going and they're not bailed out. So you're privatizing the wins and socializing the losses. There's an episode of Phil Donahue uh, that had Milton Friedman on it, and he talks about the government bailing out Chrysler. And everyone wants to say capitalism is a profit system. No, it's not. It's a profit and loss system. And when the government does not allow the losses, then there's this claim that we're all better off. No, we're not. When you do not allow the market to efficiently rip Chrysler apart, you, the everyone pays to have another car company around and that car company is fundamentally not properly engaging in that market and engaging in self-sustainability. A, a car company should always be self-sustainable and anytime there's a government program attached to it someone will say oh well Elon Musk is getting uh, government subsidies. Okay then maybe he shouldn't but you don't blame Elon Musk for keeping his business running through all of the income streams he can get a hold of. He is incentivized to take government money and then someone would say, you should be a bad businessman for the sake of morals. That's not how it works. You exploit opportunities as a businessman. And when I say exploit, I don't mean necessarily at someone's expense. And frankly, Elon Musk is three quarters replacing NASA. So when he's getting this money, he's really moving our, our entire lives forward. I don't think anybody argues against NASA. I, think, I don't think anybody would argue against the tax system if it all it went to do was fund NASA. But it doesn't. It funds all the bullshit and subsidies and chicanery and nonsense. And then the piss boy who thinks they know how this fucking works, they'll start arguing, oh, well, Tesla gets a subsidy. How about you get the fuck out of here until all of the banking complex and all in t- and all the military industrial complex is gone. And then you can start pissing and moaning about whatever Elon Musk is getting but really, what that is, is a p-dance argument over some tertiary issue that makes them sound fucking good in their own head. But really, I mean, morons. Morons will always argue. You can't help. Can't help it, don't. But their JP, uh, back to where I started, JP Morgan is just removing their name from the, legal, uh, from the legal proceedings that would look like JP Morgan manipulates silver market to maintain dollar stability. That headline can't be had, so the way it won't be had is we'll refer to JP Morgan as Bank A, and we'll we'll say that the traders acted independently, which is fucking dumb because they were doing it for like eight years. So either the entire hierarchy at JP Morgan is so fucking asleep behind the wheel that the next person who bumps into Jamie Dimon should be allowed to throw him down a flight of stairs, or... They know exactly what's going on. They know how to manipulate the system. And they know how to keep their name out of a headline. That seems a hell of a lot more likely that Jamie Dimon doesn't know what the fuck is going on at J.P. Morgan. Mm -hmm. Um, The Julian Brigden video, that's real. Uh, Let me get to that in a minute. So now we can go back and we can say, okay, it's all of these fucking boomers. All of these dumbasses stood around for 30 years and they are the problem. Well let's take a huge breath. I am not giving them any slack, but let's look at the enterprise environment factors of a boomer. They were trained in two ways. They were trained by violence and they were trained by prosperity. It's very, very, very difficult to get a human being to swim upstream in the name of principle when their life will be prosperous to obey and their life will be violent if they disobey. So for as much as you want to blame a boomer, you might want to take a minute and go watch the movie. It's actually, it's not a minute, it's three hours. Go watch the movie, The Irishman, okay? These aren't, the movie is not about government people. It's about people. It's about this guy who goes to war and part of that war is just fucking killing people. And that's the way it goes. And then he comes home and he's got to be prosperous. He's got to figure out a way to work the system. And that's what happens throughout that whole movie, The Irishman. you can just look at undereducated people who were exposed to violence early in their life, Use violence as a methodology to get shit done. And sometimes they look themselves in the mirror and say, I can't afford to deal with this other human. That motherfucker is expendable. The end. And yeah, there's coordination. You could say it's a mafia operation, but it's, it, yeah. It's a, there's always a group of people working for their own self-interest. And the goal is to not have interactions like you see in the Irishman. Well, right now, we're all kind of there. The vast majority of American society is not being run on the shakedown, with one exception. The government is now the shakedown racket. Currently, uh, as of last statistics, civil asset forfeiture takes more money from the population than all the thieves do. This doesn't include the ignorance known as traffic citations. This doesn't include taxes. This doesn't include inflation. Just as straight up, it is 100% legal for us to take your shit rules. The bullshit statutes they take more money than the thieves so anybody who doesn't think that this is nothing everything that we understand to be government is nothing but a racket that has a statute behind it and i guarantee all of the mafias would have got themselves some better lawyers and opened up a legislation uh, opened up a legislature if they knew that this is how you finally take over instead of just owning a piece of real estate through violence, if they knew they had just had to bullshit people properly, I'm pretty sure they would have done it. Um, one of the people you can go look up, her name is Sherry Jackson. She was a former IRS agent, and uh, there's a, a group called We The People Foundation a while back put out a, a $50,000 bounty in the paper. Now, of course, it's in a paper, right? It's in a local paper getting national coverage on any shit like this is real hard because it goes back to trying to hide all the information in a library instead of on the internet. So everybody is suffering a huge information deficit. And it's kind of why I do these podcasts. I can catch up a human being for 40 years of fuckery. And as long as it's going to take me to do this, but I, I could do it in probably 50, 60 hours, maybe a hundred and I could catch you up, but I had to do Jesus. It. it 10,000 it's at least 10,000 hours of fucking figuring shit out just to get it down to where I can holistically look at one thing and say and if you think this mechanic is is correct, look at how it's playing out over here that's where the subsidy comes from you know like food. So Sherry Jackson went and found that there's really no laws that the IRS is operating under that says you have to pay an income tax and here's why. The I, I here's one thing I will not argue about in the IRS. The United States dollar, a.k.a. the Federal Reserve Note, that is owned by the federal corporation, and the IRS is the one who does the rules, okay? So when you're trading in the United States dollar, you have oversight, whether you like it or not. Now, the idea of oversight over certain operations is okay. Um, but you want professional oversight, not um, statutory oversight. Oversight. You want a you want a professional building your house. If every old asshole got a certification that says I can build a house, you wouldn't necessarily know who was okay with that. You got to go find somebody who knows what they're doing. And basically, Sherry Jackson, uh, the the We the People Foundation offered the fifty thousand dollar bounty. This old IRS i uh, I'm sorry, you should not old. You might be old now, but uh, X IRS agent Sherry Jackson said, "Well, fifty grand is a lot of money. I'm going to go look that up." And she was an IRS agent. So she thought, okay, I have the skills and ability to do this kind of like an old intelligence analyst. Well, she couldn't find any reason. And it's because that the US dollar is a voluntary thing that you do. And when you commit certain acts with that dollar, uh, the IRS will show up and say, hey, we're part of this now because you involved us by using our coin. So here's, and here's what I've learned since crypto came around. And that is if you're gonna deal in a USD transaction, you open up yourself to IRS intervention. If you're going to do a currency transaction, that's a USD transaction except there isn't any tax on a currency transaction. The tax lies in the underlying transaction. So if for any reason you had to exchange euros for a certain thing and you had a capital gain on the euro then the capital gain is what the, is what the IRS claims. But the currency transaction is supposed to be one-to-one. I don't know why this is. I, it's either a hole in the system or it's a courtesy where if you're gonna tax, like I would say that the Bank of England and the Federal Reserve have, a, have a, a gentleman's agreement that if we were to start taxing each other's transactions, we would be taxing ourselves out of business. So we're trying to improve the flow of dollar a euro, euro dollar, So therefore we don't tax the transactions, but we will tax gains on the other underlying transactions. Well, guess what happens in a stablecoin transaction? The United States dollar is one coin. USDC, United States dollar coin, but there's a bunch of them, USDC, USDT, HUSD, GUSD, BUSD, there's a uh, PAX, there's a bunch of stable coins. So if you made a massive dollar gain in a cryptocurrency, do not exchange it for United States dollars because you will then experience a capital gain in USD. However, if you throw that into USDC, USDT, any of that, The capital gain is realized in that other currency. And then when you move USDC back to the dollar, you do not experience a capital gain. So that transaction doesn't have an underlying transaction that's taxable. It was a different currency transaction. Moreover, that one, that one's not even, that one's so hard to watch that, you know, it takes chain analysis to come find you. And then there's only a claim. A claim that your ethereum netted you more us dollar coin and therefore more us dollars and at a certain point you're taking a capital gain in a different currency and you're not dealing in the dollar you're just doing you're moving your usdc into the dollar so that you can facilitate your own usd transactions now, you could go consult an, a tax attorney if you want, but if you're gonna deal in crypto, the thing you really gotta remember is, all of this is cryptographically sealed transactions and wallets. So, the enforcement measures that the IRS has the ability to prosecute is low. The ability for the IRS to look at a lot of transactions is easy because they have a lot of facets to look into the bank accounts and look into employer records and whatnot, but that's only in the dollar. So. Am I saying there's a there might be a little bit of a risk here, but I at the end of the day Everything that I understand about the currency transaction is do yourself a favor Go via a stable coin first and then you do not experience any uh, taxable transaction Between the USD and the USDC and and go double check before you do any of that But that's how I'm reading the rules and they don't seem to that's what seems to be the difference and to, to make this even more clear the IRS went after a US-based exchange called Bittrex, and they said, you got to give us all of your records. And when that went to court, the judge said it was only certain quantities, and it was only for prior to 2017. And what that was, was the creation of Tether. And everybody, there's a lot of people who argue about Tether. Any of you crypto guys who believe you know about Tether, you get to come talk to me. We'll, we'll do a debate, and we'll see how much you know about Tether. Other than that, Tether showed up and now the transactions weren't USD anymore. They were USDT. At which point the tax FUD flew hard. Ever since then, there is somebody out there trying to convince you, you need to make a taxable transaction. You should be trading. You should trade your crypto. You should sell your crypto. You should do all these kind of things according to the tax rules. They do not apply if you're not in a USD transaction because that's the, US, the IRS coin. So uh, you don't have to listen to me for shit. If you don't use a stable coin before you do a USD transaction, best of luck to you, camper. I genuinely don't give a shit if the IRS comes to get you because you are playing their game. And if you're going to play their game, you cannot expect to play by any rules but theirs. Um, I don't really have a lot more than that. Um, oh, and, uh, the, the last thing here is the goddamn coronavirus. Okay. There are 1.4 billion people in China. If 1% of the population got sick, one, that would be 14 million people. Okay. To my understanding, no one has reported 14,000 yet. Okay. The numbers that I've been seeing, and I I will admit, this could be pure propaganda and foot, and I don't know. But the numbers that everyone's getting, because that's the numbers I'm getting, there's about 5,000 cases in China. There's not 150 cases on the rest of the planet. But what there is on the rest of the planet is massive printing by the Federal Reserve, massive printing by the uh, printing that we know, well, it's not massive printing that we know of by the Chinese, but there's printing. And now they had a stock market crash so i'm telling you the coronavirus is a bunch of horseshit, and it's meant to cover up and distract you from the monetary fuckery and that's its purpose there's one guy you can listen to his name is chris martinson he was also on the macro voices thing with julian i didn't even listen to it because i've listened to some of the other stuff chris actually has a degree in uh uh it was like virology or something chris actually knows what he's talking about except then he's an American who tends to catastrophize the whole situation and remind everyone that the coronavirus can kill us all. And I would say, if you're an American, go wash your goddamn hands and move about your day. It's not worth worrying about. If you're in China, uh, maybe wash your hands and move about your day with a mask on. But we are not even in... It's such a small percentage of the Chinese population that's experiencing it that the numbers are given to you. Oh my God, it's 5,000 people. Sounds like a shit ton of people to you. As far as an outbreak in a Chinese city, go look and see how many cities there are in China that have more than 3 million people. How many? And then you ask yourself, how many of these cities are threatened by the total number of coronavirus on the planet? And the number is zero. So if you don't understand hype and fuckery, go look at the coronavirus and you will begin to understand hype and fuckery. When the numbers get to 14,000, 14,000 Chinese people infected. That means that each one of those 14,000 has to go out and infect 1,000 more to get to 1% of the Chinese population. Okay? I understand this is probably a weaponized virus. I don't. I don't think there's any arguments against that. Um, Some geneticists are coming out and say it, but I kind of figured that out two weeks ago. Anything that takes 14 days to get you is designed to spread almost nothing in nature does that i'm not saying there aren't some i'm saying almost nothing in nature takes 14 days to get you almost everything is 72 hours so that is from my biological weapons class in the military it's got nothing to do with chris chris martinson and chris knows his shit and he's not giving you bad information he's giving you good information in a catastrophizing context and i would say that chris needs a good stiff drink and maybe he should go wash his hands but beyond that It doesn't seem to be a huge human fuckery. It seems to be a huge propaganda cover-up for monetary fuckery on a level that is, uh, I mean, we're all, in historical. I don't like using that word historical because I took a shit this morning and it is now part of history, okay? Everything you did yesterday, it's historical. So just be careful with the kind of ignorant language that these people are using. I'm not talking about Chris, but a lot of what you're seeing about the coronavirus is repeaters. These are people who read something and now they're going to convey it to you. And they don't know anything about it. So the cat catastrophized context, man, they'll double down on it for clicks. So if you normal crypto YouTuber is talking about coronavirus, turn them off for the day. Those fucking animals barely know the crypto market, let alone the coronavirus. Don't, don't even bother with that bullshit. Just go wash your hands and stop pretending that the coronavirus is coming to get you because it hasn't gotten enough Chinese people to even get out of hand yet. And really, look at the monetary fuckery. You are more likely to get an STD in Baltimore than you are to get the fucking coronavirus, okay? It's just ridiculous the level of of catastrophization that goes on in the media, and everybody has to learn to procure their own information. I distill my own information because I know how this shit functions, because I have a $4 million education from the Department of Defense, not because... I listened to some guy on fucking YouTube and he told me stuff. Like it's a big difference between knowing how shit works and not. And the thing that's going to hurt you more than the coronavirus ever is going to is going to be the monetary system. That's going to fuck you every day. The coronavirus, uh, I, I, I'll I'll just die with you. Let's put it that way. If this gets real bad, I will be one of the first volunteers to go deal with coronavirus victims. I'll get it and I'll die. For being wrong, but beyond that this is all kind of hysteria that nobody needs to engage in and I would encourage everyone to take a huge deep breath and Wash your hands like that's it Thank you all for listening. I will be extremely busy for February, so I'm not certain how many more of these I'm gonna get to do so um, At least for a while so Please share this stuff around with people because I'm not making any money off it I just want people to not have ignorant ass information to go and do their life tomorrow and I'm really tired of everybody making a clickbait job out of spreading you bullshit information it's it's driving me out of my mind and I just can't handle it anymore thank you all for listening and I'll see you in the next episode when all of your flaws and all of my flaws are laid out one by one Wonderful part of the mess that we made, we pick ourselves under. All of your flaws and all of my flaws, they lie there hand in hand. Ones we've inherited, ones that we learn, they pass from man to man. There's a hole in my soul. I can't feel it, I can't feel it, and there's a hole in my soul. Can you, feel it? Can you feel it? You have always worn your flaws upon your sleeve, and I have always.